OG Podcast Network presents. Welcome to Fireside. First off, welcome to Fireside. We'll be talking comic books the entire time. Ain't going nowhere, so dry your eyes. Already lasted longer than fireflies. Stay tuned, Mickey's got the creepiest news. From books to TV, the movie reviews. Plus the next toy, baby, here we choose. Even a superhero fight club, we usually lose. So pop in those earbuds, turn up those speakers. Feel my power, earth too. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another issue of Fireside Chats. I'm your host, Menti, and with me, as always, are my wonderful sidekicks first, Mr. Baby Huey. What's going on? What's, What's going, going on? on? What's Should going I just start like, singing it when What's I... What's going on? What's going on? I said, what's going on? Then there's Mauer. Beep you, Menti. Beep you very oh, much. That was very soft. That was, very, that was very quiet. It's a little softy over there. Look at him. You know. All, all, all soft like. I'm still recovering from uh, deleted scenes and such. Oh, jeez. We'll talk about that because that was a, I don't know why that didn't make the movie, but all right, let's, uh, let's get into it. We got a lot of things that we want to talk about. We got a lot. Like, well, it's the Wednesday show. Which is where we talk about the news that is new. The news that is new. I like that. <laughs> the news that is new. Yeah, and for anybody asking where Features is, yeah, it's just for right now, he's on Earth 2. <laughs> just, that's what we're going with. Earth 2. <laughs> I don't have a better answer for you as of right now. But <laughs> Trump got right to now, him and got him out of the, the Earth. Wow. He, he's, he's, at, he's in Earth 2. That, that's where he's at. Um, so, yeah, we got plenty of comic-related current events to comic talk about. Comic-related current events. Comic-related current events. Comic-related comic comic Related, related, related. Current. Current. current, current oh, current. my God. Events. 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 Comic. Yeah. No, I'm done. Uh, okay. So first thing, uh, we Fine. have the uh, first look at Spawn issue 300. And we get to finally find out what happened to uh, Gamora at the end of Endgame. And I was right, bitches. <laughs> I was right. About what? I like how he's taking credit for this. Okay, go keep going. He casually <laughs> mentioned it one time. He casually mentioned the thing that the book's about, but okay. <laughs> no, uh I listen. We're gonna get what I thought, and it's about Falcon and Winter Soldier, and I'm gonna take credit for it. You're wrong. I, for some reason, he's gonna take credit for it. All right, so uh, let's start with comics. Uh, before we talk about Spawn, uh, there's an interesting thing that recently happened with DC Comics that I think we should talk about. Uh, it's a it's a weird bit of story, bit of news. Weird. I think it's a little weird. You it's think not it's weird? weird. I think it's, it's awesome. It's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. It's brilliant. Well, I'm just the so reason why it's field. brilliant is because it harkens back to when things were good. Wait, wait. Is DC Comics going to start having pop up ads now inside the book? <laughs> no. See, that happened after. So the big news we're talking about is Jonah Wyland, who founded and created CBR when it was Comic Book Resources, not CBR.com, um, is the vice president, well, one of the vice presidents for DC Comics now. Um, it's going to be for marketing and creative services. That's Which cool. again, brilliant idea. If if, if they we're gonna give marketing to somebody, let's have it go to the person who's been like a go-to source well, <laughs> for comic fandom for and, a long time. And now. remember, until he sold comic book resources, we loved that site. Yeah. When he sold it in 2016 is when we started getting pop-up ads and stuff that had nothing to do with comics on it and just the weirdest, you know, non-articles ever. Yeah, clickbaity <laughs> articles. Mm-hmm. Um, what I the didn't, non-news. what I didn't realize is he started off, uh, his website 
1995 doing a uh, message board for Kingdom Come. Oh, really? Yeah. So, like, hmm. the start of comic book resources was just them having a message board back then because that was what nerds did. Mess- message boards were the thing back then. Um, Specifically just about, like, Mark Wade. <laughs> Mark Wade and Alex Ross and Kingdom Come. That's awesome. But if you remember, it makes sense because when Kingdom Come came out, there was no higher honor than that book. Like, everybody was like, did you see Kingdom Come? It was well, every comic shop. I think it's still up there. I, I think that's that's going to be one of the, those books that goes that lives on way past the characters, way past the medium. I think that book will forever be remembered just because it's not your average comic book. Well, it hit on every level. It was an amazing story. It had characters that you cared about, and it was the first time time that we ever saw art like that, internal art. Like we've seen covers that might have gone the fine art way. But that entire book was Alex Ross. Absolutely. And for those of you listening and playing along at home, Alex Ross is a fine artist in the vein of the zombie king, Arthur Saddam, um, who painted these beautiful pages panel by panel uh, for a future alternate universe DC world. And it, it's actually the first time that uh, I think I really found out about like Mr. Mind and Shazam. Well, I mean, I this I like how this book always comes back into uh, it, it becomes important again, especially with the new crossover coming for Crisis on Infinite Earths. So now that we have uh, Brandon Roth taking up Superman again, and we know it's going to be the Kingdom Come version of Superman, this book just keeps on giving. Well, did you see Alex Ross's version of the Kingdom Come Superman with Brandon Roth? Yeah, that's great. That's awesome. <laughs> so I mean, I bet I bet you Brandon Roth never expected that. No, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> he never thought that was going to happen. No, so. Uh, Jonah isn't the first CBR alum to go into jobs like that. There's a few people working for DC already, um, and there's people that work for Boom Comics. So a lot of the originators that made comic book resources the go-to are now in the comic industry. So he's reporting like two layers underneath uh, Dan DiDio and Jim Lee. So he's, wow, he's very close. He's up there. To, hey, here's how we're going to get people to buy these books again. And he's going to be dealing directly with uh, the direct market, which is, you know, the comic stores and such like that, who have had the biggest complaints about DC and the way that they did their sales in the past year or so. I mean, again, if if there's ever somebody who understands the market, that's the best person to put in front of marketing. (laughs) Truth. It's it's the Mm -hmm. ultimate job for a guy like that. So it's, again, it was weird when when we were going through the news and you put, I saw that story pop up. Wow, wow, that's a... That's a left field story right there. But the more you think about it, the more ingenious it is. Yeah, And it shows that for me that DC has changed the way they think in the past few years. They are putting people in roles that care about not only the comics, but the comic fans and the comic industry where normally you'll get it lean to one or the other. Like we're going to lean to our comic fans, but then the comic shops might be upset because they're not getting the market pricing that they want. Well, now they're looking at, okay, our comic shops are complaining about this. Let's address this. The fans want this. Let's address this. You know, but we need new fans, so we're going to do this. Like, they're really... They're, they're taking everything under consideration and... Well, it's somebody who has his hand, his finger on the pulse. I mean, that's why it's such a great idea. It's just somebody who understands, you know, the readership. They understand the market better than probably a lot of people involved at Marvel and DC because, again, they're in the trenches writing the stories that we're all looking up. 
And I think we have to give a lot of credit to Dan DiDio and Jim Lee. Since they've come on board with Rebirth, like to the the way they are now, they've been doing everything that they can. And when they make a misstep, they're admitting to it and changing. Mm-hmm. They got me to start buying DC Comics. It's been forever. But since Rebirth, I've been, you know, buying them. So, yeah, you're definitely right. Except for when they put blame on Jeff Johnson. That's, that's not okay. But everything else other than that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> you fanboy. All right, let's move on to McFarlane doing what he does best. Teasing us. <laughs> Listen, first off, he's giving it's tr- us... It, it's true. <laughs> he's giving us, you know, uh, a final inked page from Spawn 300. But he's been doing this for goddamn weeks. He was like in a car ride coming home from a con look, I'm inking in the car. No, you're not. <laughs> you are not inking in permanent ink a page for your biggest comic in years. He's got a steady while hand. While driving. I'm sorry. I just, I just love that he's inking and, and drawing again. Yeah, the I fact mean, I, he's involved in the book is great. It's not just, you know, but the creator of. It's like he's in it. This, is, this book is part him. That's, that's, I love that. And it's been, at, what, a year and a half now that he's been back at the, the helm and creative of Spawn? Mm-hmm. Back like when, that, yeah. with the Eric Larson crossover with uh, what's it, Savage Dragon? That was last year, I think. That's when he first started coming back, and he's been harkening back to the old Spawn books. It makes me want to go back and read Spawn again. Spawn lost me when it became like the the brother and sister kind of thing about it. That's that's when I kind of lost interest. Spawn up until Spawn One Hundred, I think, was good. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, and that's and look, that's huge for a comic. A comic to do a hundred good, good issues is amazing. Um, but yeah, it started losing me when it became like a bet between the God and the Devil, and it, um, that's where I stopped. There were like brother and sister with God. What was it? Spawn? What was it called? Spawn X. Yeah, I forget. I'm not a fan. Um, but I, I like all of Spawn in the beginning, and then it just it, you know, felt very much like X Men to me, where it just kind of became too big for itself. And yeah. then it just it started losing interest. I mean, this is the first time he's done pencils and inks for the book since 95. Yeah, that's huge. Um, and then the alternate covers we're going to get are going to be Greg Capullo, uh, Opinia, who did Uncanny X-Force, uh, and Jason Sean Alexander, um, who was an Empty Zone artist and spawned before. Um, so we're seeing page 23 on, what is it, his Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. He posts everything normally the same. Um, and the the famous Todd McFarlane super detail is there. It is. Like, it's super detailed. This is... <laughs> like the littlest lines in there, which always made it cool because he would get in there. When you saw him do that cover two issues ago, a violator, and he blew it up real big so he could put these like minuscule lines on something that was less than an inch in square on the page. It's something you're not even going to see unless you're actually looking for it. So... Yeah, but that's good. I yeah, mean, no, that's that's what you want from an artist, of course. But then you get other artists I love, like Tim Sale, who everything is kind of like less is more, and that looks good too. So it's it's nice having a variety. But beep spawn, beep Todd McFarlane, just give us the damn issue already. I'm tired of these fake teases. It's coming. I know. I know relax, man. <laughs> <laughs> Take your chill pill. Damn buddy. you, Todd. All right, let's talk about the next bit of news, which I believe is a is a Mauer. I mean, it's like something he hates and something he likes at the same time. <laughs> it's, I don't, I don't, I see this going wonderful, but I'm concerned for uh, you know your well being over there. Yeah, Are you I, okay with this news? I was really, really happy 
Um, and I was like, but I don't care all at the same time. I mean, you know, I don't like Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, well, that, let's say the news. <laughs> that's what I'm getting to. So when the Guardians of the Galaxy had announced the name of the new ship being the Bowie, I'm like, all right. I like that he's getting honored. It's the anniversary of Space Oddity, which is, you know, his his first big hit. I can't believe it's 50 years old, but I mean, geez, it's an amazing That's, song. Yeah. Um, and then I can't. It, it wasn't around when I was alive. <laughs> uh, but in Guardians of the Galaxy number seven, they got a new vessel to call home. It's the Bowie. And who is the person that announced this? Oh, Donny Cates. All right. You got it right again. Donnie Cates? Yeah. Danny Coates? <laughs> Donnie Cates. There it is. Um, Danny Cates. So in the movies, no. <laughs> we've had the Milano, the Benatar, which the Benatar got destroyed too, right? So they have a new ship in the movie? No. The, ben- the Benatar is still alive? That's the one they use at the end of Endgame. Okay. See, I would like the movie to have the Bowie. It, who, it might. Well, who, it probably will. I mean, we the, the comics got the... the the uh, Milano name originally before that it was just called ship (laughs) (laughs) so and the biggest part of this that made me okay with it is David Bowie's wife was okay with it yes and why why was the ship called the Milano before because that was his crush Alyssa Milano who's the boss I I, I think Alyssa Milano is my favorite that's my my crush yeah a lot of crushes you have if it walks, at least mine are female, like you, man crush Mauer. Ooh, okay. What and what's wrong with that, baby Huey? <laughs> Go ahead. Look, he's explain attack, that one. Attacking Stephen, Stephen Amell. You know. <laughs> yeah, he can have a crush on Stephen Amell. I support it, Mauer. I ship it. Thank you. You ship it. <laughs> um. <laughs> speaking of man wow, that, crushes, that threw, that threw Mauer off. It did. <laughs> speaking of man crushes, oh, because uh, he could crush men. Yeah. We got that, that was the best segue I've ever heard. We got Thing in his birthday suit. I'm confused. Isn't he always in his birthday suit? I'm going to say Baby Huey put this news up there. I, I did. Because <laughs> he's got a man crush. <laughs> on, on the Thing? All right. All right. Yeah. So, uh, so I haven't been up with Fantastic Four, but apparently for a while now, the Thing, uh, once a year for about two weeks, he gets to revert back to human. Since when? It's a thing. Uh, Don't look at me. Uh, this is this is Baby Huey news. Go ahead, Baby Huey. Keep going. <laughs> Go ahead, Baby Huey. So, uh, remember how recently uh, Thing got married? Right. So they timed they timed it around the time when he reverts back to human, so he, so can, he can get it on. He can go on his honeymoon and be human. So when they showed him like the Batawang. I don't think we're we're getting the Batawang. So he's not really in his birthday suit. Well, I mean. <laughs> Fake news. <laughs> Moving on to champions. Well, they, here, this is real quick. Champions is ending with issue 10. All right, moving Aww. on. That's that. I mean, the champions were a cool idea, and they were just excited it got the name back, but I just don't think that book ever really found its footing. No. I think it had a, in a, in a cool... Like, everything was in place for that to be good, and then it just... I don't know. I just I read the first like three or four issues, and I just I didn't care. Well, this is also the, the, the second... This is the, the uh, 2.0 version. They yeah, but even, even the 2.0 version, they... Like, <laughs> You get to 2.0, it's supposed to be better than 1.0, and I enjoyed the first four issues more. I, I agree. I, th- this team was, ran, was uh, in charge with uh, Riri. I don't think she was... It's like well, Windows uh, XP versus Windows Vista. 
They both this, sucked. It, it, it felt like, um, you know what it felt like? It felt like Young Justice. Season one, great. Season two, <laughs> right, let's move on to TV. We've got okay, great what a, news. What a segue, because we were talking. Yeah, Young I don't Justice. care about that anymore. <laughs> you start bringing up things I don't care about, and I got impatient. Lucifer. Usually you just sit back and we all get to enjoy ourselves for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, no, not today. Sorry. I want to talk about Lucifer. Oh, okay. Got more episodes. Yeah, moving on. There we Six go. Six more episodes. Almost <laughs> an entire extended season. I but- really wish you all could have seen his face right then. He was... <laughs> I got daggers from through a screen. It was amazing. It, it was. <laughs> um, but they announced that they couldn't fit the story into 10 episodes. And Netflix was so happy with the performance of the last season that they gave them six more episodes. Rumor has it they could have had as many episodes as they wanted. But the cast and writers said they only want to put out what's needed. No films. All right. So, I mean, it's if you haven't watched that show, which meant you still haven't, right? I watched uh, a first, what, three episodes. I enjoyed what I saw. I just, you know, there was so much else going on. Like, for example, I still have to finish Jessica Jones. The boys are out now. The boys Um, is amazing. I still have Stranger Things. I still have Swamp Thing to go. It's really low on my priority. I mean, I love Swamp Thing, but I really love Lucifer. And I really love the boys, as Menti just just mentioned that they're out now. So Mm -hmm. let's talk the boys. It was amazing. I, I binged all eight episodes. And eight episodes just seems really short. There was no filler at all. And it just, it just keeps going. So long movie rather than individual TV episodes. Um, I would say it, look it's at it. two, two long movies. Like okay. there's a small segue where they change direction a little bit. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I, I could see you could like the, uh, that could be that. Because with Lucifer having the 10 episodes, it still felt like a TV show. Like each episode had like a, a start, a beginning, middle of an end mm-hmm. that didn't, like well, no, yeah, feel. this doesn't have like a sitcom kind of vibe to it. This is it's more on the, the on par with things like uh, Swamp Thing, you know, or Titans. Okay. This is rated R. Oh, it was dark. Hand, it's real dark. It's really dark. Maybe he's like, I put it on. It was like sex, nudity, rape. And he was like, what? Yeah. So I, I, I turned it on. Like It has like the little beginning thing, like an HBO show or Cinemax. I'm like, oh, this is going to get dark. And it's, what? First 15 minutes. It, really quick, yeah. Real I quick. heard, and this... then that first episode was like, "Oh my god!" It's just like you felt dirty, like the yes. whole. It was just, it was, I don't know. I loved it for what it was, <laughs> but it, there was parts that were hard to watch. So I'm gonna love it. Oh yes. Oh, that's really disturbing. <laughs> like you haven't seen it to make that joke. <laughs> and, like I hope that part doesn't make you happy. <laughs> um, this, this... I heard the score and soundtrack for it is really cool. Like the music they chose. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was. It was it, music. It, it was music. I don't. I don't pay attention to that stuff. I don't. Normally. Yeah, it wasn't a make it or break it part of the the uh, the experience. I'd say the the show itself stands on its own. Like I watched the first episode just to watch one before recording, and I got sucked in and watched two. Well, and you know, here here's the best part is the main character. His name is Huey. Yes, I knew you were going to say that. Even when I when I hit play and it was, it was Huey, I was like, "Yep." I bet God, you, baby, Huey brings it. that up. All these years, he's hated his nickname. No, he's like, look, it's somebody else yeah. named Huey. Look, if if you want something to compare this to, it's a it's a live action injustice. Or you can compare um, it to the uh, the boys. Well, at the, all right. No, yeah, it's more. Yeah, it's if you don't know the boys, I, don't I know, get what yes. you're talking about. I don't know the boys Huey. now. Yeah, I started going back and researching a little bit. I didn't know anything about this, but watching the show, I was like, all right, I can see very injustice uh, influence. People well, have also no, described it as like Watchmen Dark. 
Uh, yeah, uh, kind of. Uh, I mean, it's, it's its own thing. I mean, I there's elements of what both of what you're saying in both. Um, of, but in to me, it's its own thing. It's Wednesday. It's, very, it's on my right. radar. What's up? Wednesday. I'm gonna be watching it. I, you're gonna like it. It's just it's there's parts that are hard to watch in that first episode. Second episode was amazing. So speak and Dred, Dred's awesome. Really? Yes. Carl Urban. Carl Urban is just amazing actor anyway. Um, him as Bones is still to this day. I, I loved him as Bones. An amazing. Oh, and Simon Pegg's in it. Oh, really? So Scott. Yes. Oh, yeah, because he plays the dad. Yes, he's of the, the character that was based off of him. There's so many. There's so many actors in this that like I didn't realize were in it. I'm like, oh my god. So it's enjoyable all around if you can get past the first. <laughs> to me, it passed the phone test. I think that's the yes. most important thing. It passed the phone test. At Menti, no point did I pick up my phone. In two episodes. I was going to say, what is, what is the phone test? Yeah. Uh, see, the phone test doesn't work for me because if I see something cool and I want to fact check it, I can't not. Well, like Swamp Thing, I'm like, wait a minute. Well, and I love Swamp that's Thing. That's a little different. This is like if you're picking your phone scrolling Facebook while the, while the show's on, then you're bored. Okay. If you're fact checking, it's something a little different because you're trying to find out. Like I'm looking at Easter eggs. I'm like, wait, 1139. Yeah, yeah, as Baby Huey said, you're, invo- you're invested in something that happened in the show. It's not that it lost your interest and you picked up your phone because you were bored. It's not like Baby Huey being on Grinder. I'm not on wow. Grinder. What? You, the both of you. <laughs> Baby Huey, you be on Grinder. I support you. No, I'm not on Grinder. Um maybe Tinder, not Grindr. Uh Stephen Amell has returned to social media. So he took kind of a break where he wasn't really interacting as much. I don't know if you remember middle of last year, some people backlashed about something he said and he got pissed off about it. I do remember that. Um, so he kind of stepped away. Well, he did his first Facebook live in a long time. Um, he was waiting to film. They had just filmed a scene. He still had the black eye makeup had, on it. He had the eye makeup, so which means he's wearing the mask well, again. And he's like, it's not a spoiler. He's like, I'm wearing a mask again. That's really all I can say. Um, it's our last season, so they really couldn't say no to me. I want the mask on. There's a reason why it's on that I can't tell you. He's like, I also have a hood that's very similar to the first season. Because I wanted a hood like that, and they wouldn't give it to me for a few years. But now I'm getting whatever I want. <laughs> so he's like, I, I'm excited for this, for the fans. We could have ended it last season. I would have been okay. We had a way to end it. Uh, but when the opportunity was given to me to go on, he's like, I'm doing all of this season is 100% for the fans. Awesome. So I just refuse, 100% refuse to call this the CW verse when this is over. No, it's the Arrowverse. It will always and forever be the Arrowverse. I don't really care what anybody says. This is not up for debate. Don't add us. It is the Arrowverse. (laughs) We're going to get shirts made. Yes. Don't Arrowverse forever. So let's move on to your news. Well, let's go to that last runaways season three dropping in December. Has anybody watched season two? Yes. Is it good? I enjoyed. I actually enjoyed season two better than season one. I love season one, but then all these things started happening and I didn't pick it back up. That seems to be a theme with you. <laughs> it's, there's just too many shows and too many. There's, there's a commit, lot of work Menti, on our plate. You've got to commit. I'm trying to, man. There's a lot we got to do with Binge it. Binge the shows and when you're done, we, then you move on. We can't be like Baby Huey and watch them while we're at work all day. Yeah, no, that's not a, that's not a possibility. Look, no, I watch on the weekends because I don't work weekends. <laughs> my Friday, look, my Friday night until Sunday night is binging. I have no life. <laughs> apparently <laughs> he just has lots of profiles <laughs> on, apparently on, on, on that's a good one <laughs> all right let's talk about falcon and the soldier 
Go ahead. Yeah, let's talk about let's talk about Mauer and calling it. Go ahead, Mauer. <laughs> um, so basically it's coming out that the government doesn't want Sam Wilson to be Captain America. They can't say much else um from there. You know why? Because this is the weirdest bit of news. It he can't even recall where he heard this from. Like, he think, literally just I said, think I, I read think it somewhere. this is what's what's up? He's like, yeah. I think I read it somewhere. We don't even know. We have no idea. So there's nothing that validates this at all, first off. That's true. That's very true. Um, <laughs> but since we've heard that there's going to be both of them as Cap. Yeah, you're getting both suits. It's all both suits. Um, it makes sense for a battle for the mantle, which is what we had all hoped would happen. Um, and then looking at John Cena news, he is stepping away from the ring. All of his filming is done for the movie season other than the scenes for the Fast and Furious movie. So he doesn't need as much time as he's taking off. So that oh, means he's... Oh, I get it. What you called is this part. Yes. All right, because I'm about to say... All right, all right. I'm sorry, I had an epiphany for a second there. I'm like, what the hell is Mauer talking about? He called this. So with a lot of his roles lately, they've all been secret. He has a secret movie role that's coming out in a Jackie Chan movie where he couldn't talk about it. And then he had a really bad military type, like, cut, a haircut, but not a buzz cut, like somebody who, like, like the cop cut, like it was a little bit longer and come back. Like in Bumblebee? Yes, like in Bumblebee. Um, and he couldn't not wrestle, like he couldn't cut it until recently because he had to get another cut that was similar to his buzz cut for a movie role. All right. So let so, me just, let me just summarize what just happened here. First off, the actual news that we have is not validated whatsoever, so we don't really know if this is news. Second of all, all of this stuff about John Cena is rumor, has nothing to do with the MCU as of just yet. This is just, Maurer really wants this to happen, and you know what? Now that I understand where you're, where you're coming from, I agree. I want this to happen too, but I want to make sure it's clear that this is all Maurer's brain and hearsay. That is what we're getting here. And in the end is the we think that there's a good chance that it would be a good story that John Cena play the US agent. John Walker. Which right? would be awesome. I'm 100% behind that. But we have no idea. <laughs> All right. Moving on. Beast Boy shows a picture of Wonder Girl's costume. <laughs> didn't didn't we talk about that already? We did. I don't know why it's still in the note. Moving on. To, to be very honest, there's a few things in this note. All right, so what, the first thing I want to talk about as far as movie news is concerned, I want to talk about Venom 2. Okay. Um, because uh, currently it doesn't have a director. Uh. Yeah. Um, what's his name? Uh, Ruben Fletcher? Is that how you say his name? Yeah, he stepped out. Well, he had to because of Zombieland Double Tap, which, by the way, if you haven't seen that trailer, can't wait. That looks amazing. Yes. Uh, but... Because of that, he had prior engagements. He couldn't do Venom 2. So there's a couple of people who are up for um, directing it. But the one that stood out to me and the one that I think would be kind of cool is Andy Serkis. And who is that? Because most people don't realize. <laughs> he, that's Gollum. That's um, Claw? Caesar. Yeah, Claw. That's, well, yeah, before I even get into that, because what he's really known for is his, his portrayal of animated characters. True. And his portrayal of animated characters is really what put him on the map. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Like, he's great as Ulysses Claw in, in Black Panther and in Age of Ultron, but I think him as Caesar in the Rise of the Planet of the Apes, the new versions, uh, have been outstanding. And the only person that's come close to him is Pirate Steve. 
Pirate Who'd he play? iRobot, the robot from Star Wars. Oh, he was iRobot? Yeah. He was Sunny? He was Sunny. I did not murder him. <laughs> um, and then he's the robot in the... KS25. KS25. Something like that. Yes, he is. So he's good at robots. <laughs> uh, but he's been doing a bunch of other now, motion capture stuff. Yeah. Like I would say I'd give that to Benedict Cumberbatch for playing small. Who? Smog. Who the... It's Smog. Smog. From um, The Hobbit. Oh. He, he played the giant dragon. Smog. Sure. Smog. Okay. You ever watch The Hobbit? Did when you ever it, read the book? In like the 80s, he, yeah, the cartoon. cartoon. All right, so he did the live-action version of Schmaug. Schmaug. Move it's on. To, it's just fun to say. Moving on. King's Man what? trailer. We already talked about it. Okay. Then why is it in the note? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> we already talked about that. Told you, um, Huey. Let's talk about that deleted scene. Oh. <laughs> Way to put a malware down. Well, uh, wow. Um, that... I don't know why that didn't make it into the movie. So, if for, spoiler alert for Endgame, but I don't feel like I have to say that at this point. Uh, Spider-Man dies. After Iron Man dies, there's this phenomenal scene where they all take a knee, and it's just one of the most well-shot, beautiful-looking scenes. I know why it got cut. Why is that? If you follow that scene up with the funeral scene, it's basically the same thing twice. And if you're going to put one of them in there, put the funeral in, which is kind of the closure that you need for when somebody has passed. They all, yeah, all, they're all true. honoring him there. That's fair. That's so, fair. No, that's a good. Yeah, that's a good. Thing. As far as pacing and movie editing goes, it's a cool scene. But when you look at the film as a whole, it had to be cut. Uh, speaking of pacing, uh, they just also revealed that there was a different take on the, I guess, the, the resnap. Uh, so they were having a discussion of after Hulk makes a snap, everybody was just going to appear at the compound, like Spider-Man and Doctor Strange were all going to appear in the compound. And then they were all going to be like eating pizza at a pizza party. And then Thanos was going to attack. They decided oh, that's they, terrible. They decided to change it because they said they felt like the movie ended and then started again with Thanos attacking. Yeah, that's that would have been awful. That yeah. would have been awful. But, yeah. but I, you know what? One thing I do want to bring up, I know it's a little older, but one thing I think we should at least mention was in the early drafts of the movie where Thanos decapitates early cap. Yeah. Throws the severed head at our at 2023 cap. Oh my God. Could you imagine how dark that would have been? Yeah. Like that, yep. That's a level of dark that like the Russo brothers did that one other time in infinity war when the, uh, after he did the snap and he was in soul world and all the water that was originally supposed to be blood. blood. Yeah. But Ooh. this is so much. I didn't darker. know that. <laughs> yeah. This, but this is so much wildly darker than that. The idea of throwing a severed head, especially Captain America's severed head, is a level of dark I don't think the MCU could pull off. No, no. Kid, kids be crying. Oh, uh, my God. Sticking in the kind of theme of the filmmaker's choices, there is rumors that the Eternals movie may be shot on Kodak 16mm ectochrome film. Really? E explain to everybody why that's important. So not only are most films not shot on film anymore, um, but the stock of 16 millimeter ectochrome was considered the best film you could shoot a film on. Um, and it stopped for a while. They just started reproducing it again in mass quantities. And it's like a film auteur. Like that's the kind of stock footage that they want to go for. It's got a very specific look to it. Um, Quentin Tarantino is somebody who kind of tries to emulate that look when he shoots. Uh, the reason why he did a scene in Sin City 
is because Robbie Rodriguez was trying to convert him over to digital, and that's what did it, hmm. because he used to be a strictly film guy. And the fact that some of this movie may be shot on film almost gives you a feel of how that movie is going to be. Um, the look and feel? The look and feel is going to be very cinematic in a, uh, like a film snob type of way. And that's not a bad thing. Um, we just had, what was it, the Hateful Eight they put out in that extra widescreen. And I like watching films. I do love the Super Crisp 4K digital, but it is cool every now and then to see that throwback. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. I think that's it. On that note, uh, Menti, do that thing. Okay. What a, this is the most anticlimactic ending ever. Like, should we, like, sing something or decapitate a head or something? Day or? bow bow. I mean, it's, 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 you have to. <laughs> you do. I'm a little disappointed in you, baby Huey. You know well, the I was rules. making a comment when he did that, so. Teenage Mutant. Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant. Ninja Turtles. Teenage Mutant. Ninja, Ninja Turtles. Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. Turtle power. <laughs> okay. You can find the show Welcome to Fireside everywhere Was online. That better? At- Yes, that's much better. <laughs> at Welcome to Fireside uh, at most places. Otherwise, it's Fireside Crew on Twitter. At if most? you enjoyed the show, comment, like, rate. It all goes a long way. Thank you so much for all this continued support. Once again, I'm Menti. I'm the Huey. And I'm Mr. Mauer. I have to give another shout out and thanks to the fans of Toying Around because we put uh, a couple test photos out there for our new project and they've gone over extremely well. We had Mezco send something at us. And we had a lot of other positive feedback. It's beautiful. It really is. I was so, I was, when it had, when all of a sudden I was scrolling through our Instagram feed and that video popped up, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. I wonder who, oh wait, that was us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's awesome. You guys did a great job with that. It's the first time I've cared about like toys, toy filming, like toy (laughs) photos. I loved it. It was great. So thank you to the fans. And you can check us out the OG Podcast Network. That's OGpodcast.com. Or, or the app. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Excelsior. Deuces. Deuces.